Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to him at Randy Scott ESPN. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sports. We were just discussing how Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright did historic things last night as the Cardinals routed the Colorado Rockies 13 zip yesterday. They did historic things for the over 40s crowd. Something that Randy Scott knows a little bit something about because he's in his 40s. I am much, much, much younger <laughs> For at least a few more months you, until I also listen, will hit my 40s. But I'm, I'm not there yet. So I'm still back here in my 30s. I can't relate. Back here. I'm aging like a president. I'll say that. If you're only as old as you feel, I turned 50 this year. So that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. Well, 40 is the new 30 if you look at what Pujols and Wainwright did last night. It got us thinking. What are the biggest athletic achievements over the age of 40, no Ric Flair does not count. But we did have some other nominations in the last segment with Tiger Woods and Tom Brady. You let us know what you think. You can give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. There is football, though, to be had tonight. Randy, get excited. More preseason action. Let's start with the Carolina Panthers at the New England Patriots. That game will kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Now, there's been some bad blood in joint practice between these two teams. A late hit on Panther star running back Christian McCaffrey led to a scuffle on Wednesday during a joint practice between these two teams. It also left a fan injured who got caught up in the mix there. We know, of course, that hitting Christian McCaffrey right now is not going to go well, Randy, because they're very <laughs> concerned about the health of Christian McCaffrey and the Panther season probably largely comes down to the health of Christian McCaffrey. But we know that the biggest storyline out of Panthers camp and out of the regular season is going to be the quarterback battle for Carolina. How do you see that playing out? I, I think it's Baker Mayfield's job to lose right now. I think they feel safer with with him. Like here, here's when you're Matt Rule, when you're a coaching staff that is probably coaching for their jobs and for their job security this this season. You want to put a competent product on the field. You want to be able to uh, avoid the sudden change uh, it, within a game. You know where you go from your <laughs> defense just uh, just sputtering and in, in, in gasping for air, and then having to hustle back out on the field because your quarterback turns the football over like Sam Darnold did with alarming frequency a year ago. And I think they are impressed by a lot of accounts, uh, certainly our own Panthers reporter David Newton, saying that they're impressed with how Baker Mayfield has grasped this offense, how quickly he's gotten the hang of it, and they just feel safer with him. Um, you know, I mean, let's see the same See, there's a relationship sometimes, right? Like if you uh, have a relationship that ends poorly, you're just looking for something safe the next time out. 
and I think that's maybe what the Panthers are doing, right? I think the Panthers just, they just want somebody. Say, Look at old Danny Tanner there. You know, like you want a Danny Tanner and not an Uncle Jesse, I think, right now. If you're the Panthers, you don't want some motorcycle leather jacket wearing leather jacket wearing dude. You want you want you want old Danny Tan Danny Tanner. And I think that's what the Panthers are doing. It's I been it's- my problem in life. I always go for the Uncle Jesse's. All right, so <laughs> you think that this is going to be Baker Mayfield's job. I have been surprised, frankly, with the reports of how quickly he picked things up because I thought that yeah. they were going to end up having to start the season with Sam Darnold just because I thought Baker him coming into a totally new offense. Now we know he learned several new offenses with his time in Cleveland, but still coming into a totally new environment, new team, new uniform, and the such, and having to learn it all. When Sam Darnold is a step ahead in terms of knowing that playbook. So I thought that he was just going to be behind at the point that he got traded and that it was just going to take him a little bit longer to catch up. So I figured they start the season with Sam, then make that transition. But it appears like you said that he's been picking it up just fine. If that's the case, I also wouldn't be surprised if we see Baker Mayfield under center, the new England Patriots, the big story out of their camp, of course, and this preseason has been the rotating play calling between Matt Patricia and Joe judge two defensive guys, at least most recently. I know people want to tell me Matt Patricia, was an offensive assistant like 20 years ago. <laughs> These guys are known for defense. Do you think that's going to continue? Um, do I think the... the, the Rotating the split, these guys, yeah, I, like I think splitting it, it during the preseason. Are we going to see more of that tonight? Well, from if, so living up there outside the Boston area, I mean, it sounds like this is becoming a test. Like uh, Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick's having his football reputation is coaching acumen like he's almost having it challenged and so for someone that competitive and for someone that's I mean listen wildly successful as a coaching mind a brilliant football mind when you're challenged like that you're all the more motivated and he has such control and trust within that building you're he has the he has the cachet he has the capital I mean the pelts on the wall however you want to phrase it to go ahead and see this experiment through but make no mistake this is a this is an experiment I mean this is this is truly outside the norm of successful football, NFL, college, otherwise. Like, to have a variety of voices, to have several voices in the ear of, in the ear of a young quarterback is rare. It's rarely been met with success, and it is something that Bill Belichick is stubbornly sort of sticking to, and I think he will stick to it because it's like to admit, you know, to, to, to change his mind and change course now would be to almost admit failure amidst this loud criticism. So I don't think it's going to happen now. Belichick thinks he's smarter than all of us. Normally he is. I'm just not sure he is when it comes to this situation with the play calling, but we'll see how that pans out. I tend to think that he is going to stick with it, at least for now, at least in the preseason uh, until he's forced maybe at some point here not to, by the way, going back to that, joint practice fight for just a moment between Dietrich Wise Jr. and Christian McCaffrey. That fight resulted in a, in a fan I mentioned who got injured. It was a woman. And you're talking about Wise when he's fighting, you know, 6'5", 275 pounds. He comes down on her foot. She's got a swollen foot. Apparently, he reached out to her to apologize. Apparently, McCaffrey shook her hand as well and apologized. The Patriots did offer her tickets to the game. Uh, I th- or to a game this season. I feel like she deserves season tickets. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, she that does. Too far? No, that's <laughs> maybe not too like far. Half a season. I mean, man, a three hundred pound man came down on my foot because your players <laughs> were because fi- they can't behave. They can't act like grown men. They have to get into a fight at joint practice. Which, by the way, all these players get into fight at joint practice. Like we've never done a joint practice before. Yeah. What are we doing? Why are we so emotional, guys? It happens. So no, it, it, it is. It is the rare like everything that's frustrated me about my own teammates, and you see scraps. 
with your own teammates. You see that too. We saw the Bills do it because Josh Allen got in somebody's face. And that was annoying to me because you cannot hit Josh Allen. You know that as a Bill. So he's sort of running around. If he starts anything with anybody, he knows he's not going to have to answer or pay for that tab. Uh, but when you have another team mixing it up with you guys, like all your frustrations for your own team, you can finally take out on another jersey. So I'm not I'm not surprised we see him as often as we do. But it is the cost of doing business right now because we see people getting hurt. You know, in the Panthers and in, in Patriots fight, we had a guy get concussed, Christian Wilkerson. And, you know, the uh, Panthers player started the fight by not only with the hit, but by standing over him after the fact while he's concussed on the field. Oof. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 frankly ridiculous. Uh, everybody should uh, figure out how to handle their emotions at joint practice. But I guess it gets the best of you when you're finally up against an opponent, even if you're running through the motions out of practice. Okay, so more preseason action tonight. The New Orleans Saints are at the Green Bay Packers. That is an 8 p.m. kickoff. This game comes on the heels, of course, of Aaron Rodgers being very critical of his receivers, also of Sammy Watkins talking about how Aaron Rodgers is just on a different level than any of the quarterbacks he's worked with before, which refers to Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But he was referring really to Aaron Rodgers' ability to be kind of a player coach out there on the field. What do you make of this Green Bay team right now? Do you need to see anything from them in this preseason? I think what we forget is they have so many pieces in in, in place. They have so many questions answered already. Um, their defense is, is the best in that division. Uh, their special teams is getting better, uh, and that was their Achilles heel a, a season ago. They brought in a new coaching staff to lock that in and lock that up. The offensive line is strong for Aaron Rodgers, and the ground game, you know, with Austin Dillon and um, and uh, oh man, I'm bl- I'm blanking on the guy who I'm going to draft on my fantasy team. But like their 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 running back room is tremendous. Like they have everything, all the other pieces in place except for the pass catchers. So I think they sort of start the season pencil them in for double-digit wins. And then it's just a matter of whether their ceiling has been lowered by losing Devontae Adams. So I don't have a ton of question marks about the Packers. I don't mind that we don't see much of Aaron Rodgers in the preseason one bit. Um, and I just – Aaron Jones is who I was trying to think of. I was going to say, were you back. going Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones, I was yeah. just going to correct so you. I was trying to let you finish. If they kind of turn it back, turn back the clock offensively, which they won't because they have 12, but if they get back to you know play strong defense, run the football – and then Aaron Rodgers just picks you apart because you have to load the box. Like, I think they're going to be fine. I really do. I, I, I think the fact that the low in that division is Chicago Bears low, I think it, it helps them out. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about a now back-to-back reigning MVP, a four-time MVP overall. I mean, I, I imagine that he will be fine no matter who he's throwing the football to to some extent. But I do think it's a bit disconcerting that right now there does seem to be a disconnect between him and his young receivers because those are the guys that you do want to take the next step moving forward and try to actually be the future of that team. So we'll see yeah. how that relationship develops quickly here, Randy, very oh, quickly. Yeah. Are you one that believes the New Orleans Saints are a sleeper pick for the Super Bowl? Like no. the Joe Fortenbaugh's of the world <laughs> on our airways and the Bart Scott's of the world who are very high on this Saints team. I could see them winning the division, though, because they play they match up so well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's the only other threat in that division, because I think it's going to be a down year in Carolina, certainly a down year in Atlanta. I don't see them as a Super Bowl team, just because I need to see it out of Jameis Winston on a far more consistent basis. 
I would need to see it longer out of Jameis Winston. I saw it for six games. I know for six games it looked good. I saw it a lot longer in Tampa. It didn't look nearly as good. Also, the Houston Texans take on the Los Angeles Rams tonight. That is a 10 p.m. kickoff. Canteen Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, the Big Ten reached a historic media rights deal that will change the landscape of college football. Ben Hartstock's going to join us to discuss it. That's next. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Randy Scott filling in. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. A historic media rights deal. We got the news yesterday. The Big Ten announced a new seven-year media rights deal with CBS, Fox, and NBC that... Begins in 2023, runs through the 2029-2030 season. The multi-platform agreement's believed to be the largest in the history of college athletics. The deal is around $1.2 billion annually. Wow. Let's discuss what this means for college football and beyond. For that, we bring in Ben Hartstock, ESPN's college football analyst and Sirius XM host. And, and Ben, now that we know the news of this Big Ten media rights deal, a seven-year media rights deal spanning multitude of networks here, what does really this mean for a changing, quickly changing media rights landscape? Well, there's, there's a new world order. It's no longer power five, it's power two. And there, there will be two new competitive landscapes in college athletics. There will be the, the, the competitiveness of the power two, right? Like we always hear about the SEC, SEC, like that chance. The Big Ten is going to have to come up with something because it's, it's now the equivalent of the AFC and the NFC and the NFL. And those, that will be a, a highly, the most highest level of college athletics will be there. The unintended consequence of this is everybody else. There is giant competition now for everybody else across the country to fight for their college sports livelihood. Because in this new world order, we we expect, and Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, said uh, it's reported to have said that real sports uh, just uh, not too long ago, that he expects that they'll go to 20-ish type of teams and and eventually it'll be a true pay-for-play model. Uh, a full-on professionalized college sport. And so I, you know, I would anticipate that the Big Ten will get 20 teams, the SEC will get 20 teams, and everybody else, which in this equation, that means about 91 FBS football programs 
uh, programs like Pittsburgh, programs like West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Oregon State, proud and passionate fan bases will be relegated to a junior varsity version of college athletics, which uh, as, an, as an Ohio State guy, as a Big Ten guy, that shouldn't affect me. But as a guy that loves college football as a whole, I'm hurt by this move. So, so truly, Ben, you look at it as, as like you said, like a varsity in, in, a, in a junior varsity. Could you, though, in this age of just trying to, I don't know, squeeze every last dollar out of the potential paradigm, like could you see a situation where we take – have sort of like a, a four-team, six-team tournament of the 91 JV teams, have that champion play against – a champion from the halves, right? Like from the varsity side, like, is there a way to sort of uh, monetize that split or that rivalry and try to make money off of it? Yeah. The commissioners of the big 10 and sec, the only reason they would save playoff spots for everybody else Mm -hmm. would be to avoid public backlash. That's the only motivator because it would benefit the big 10 and sec to do what they've been doing, which is grabbing all of the most valuable brands in college sports and keeping them for themselves. This is a full-on redistribution of wealth where the Big Ten is saying, hey, we're tar- tired of subsidizing uh, the Mountain West. We're tired of sab- uh, subsidizing the Pac-12. We're going to take the best of your conference, and we're going to roll them into ours, and we're going to move on down the road, and you guys can figure it out because nobody's looking out for the entirety of college football. Kevin Warren's looking out for the Big Ten. Commissioner Sankey is looking out for the SEC. And honestly, those two power players, if given the opportunity, would devour the other in an instant if they could. Ben Hartsock uh, joining us, ESPN College football analyst and Sirius XM host. So, Ben, you mentioned varsity would have like 20 teams, right, in your analogy. And then the junior varsity would have 91 teams essentially no, 40 teams, 20 in the big 10 20 in the big 10 and 20 in the sec give oh, or take 40 teams, which if right, you look okay. across college athletics if you look across college athletics there's really only 20 to 40 teams that operate in a in a positive cash flow kind of place everybody else has been the beneficiary of programs like clemson and, and georgia and lsu and ohio state well, that was going to be my question is, is really aren't those the programs that have been, frankly, supporting this idea that we've previously had of college football? So what is so different? And it seems like if you're talking about 91 other programs, though, outside this 40, you know, on varsity, there'd still be a lot of alumni and a lot of people who care a whole lot about those 91 programs. So why is the market so dramatically differently? different well it, it you're you're exactly right and and I, I posed this question on twitter a couple of weeks ago that if 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 programs that aren't in the big 10 or sec let's say they come together and form uh a new conference or a new division of football i called it the scrap 12 uh i, I said would you rather live in a world where you play college football where a ch- there's a chance that you could actually win a championship but it's jv or would you rather eat dirt and, and say, hey, I don't care. I, I want to be able to say that I play in the same college football that, that Michigan plays in and that, that Alabama plays in. Yeah, we knew that we weren't ever really truly contenders for the ultimate national championship, but I, fans of Pittsburgh and West Virginia and Iowa State and, and Oklahoma State would rather eat dirt than be relocated to college football light, to JV, to, to junior class. It's just it's, I, I, knowing those fan bases, I, I believe that they would rather – They'd rather eat dirt than than live in that world. 
Ben, we're up against the clock, but real quick here, uh, one last one. The Big Ten now is going to have the exclusive 330 window on CBS from 2024 onward. Obviously, we know that window was an SEC window traditionally. It's caused a a lot of uh, angst amongst SEC fans. Was that just the Big Ten wanting to stick it to the SEC? Like, is that a component of this too, even though these are going to be the two dominant conferences? No, it's, it's Commissioner Warren following his NFL pedigree, get as many networks in the game so that he can have as many bidders to try to raise the, the market price for all of his product. And ultimately, the, the Big Ten has until 2034, which is when the SEC gets to redo their entire media rights deal. The Big Ten is now winning in the, the finance race, winning in the revenue race, but it's been losing in the trophy case race. They have to close the ground now with all of this revenue advantage and put trophies in the trophy cases because the SEC is going to come for them. A rapidly changing landscape in college sports. Ben Hartsock, ESPN College Football Analyst. Thanks so much, Ben, for joining us. Yep, always appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Coming up next, we will continue to break down the Deshaun Watson suspension. We haven't gotten to get into it on today's show. We talked about it extensively yesterday, but we want to react to some people who had some interesting comments on the subject yesterday. That is next. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys here on Canteen Carlin. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to him at Randy Scott ESPN. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sports. You can give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight say ESPN. There has been a lot of conversation, Randy, over the last 24 hours in regards to the Deshaun Watson suspension. Because we did get the news yesterday. Deshaun Watson, he's going to be suspended 11 games. He's going to be fined $5 million. That was upon agreement between the NFL, NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson's camp. Watson's suspension takes effect on August 30th when NFL teams cut down to the roster of 53. He'll be eligible for reinstatement on November 28th. He will be eligible to play for the Browns again in week 13. On November 14th, he can resume practicing with the Browns, and he can play on December 4th against the Houston Texans. And so that, of course, alone has sparked a lot of reaction. But just overall, where this suspension ended up, we do have a final answer. Keyshawn Johnson, he hosts a little show here called Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You know it well, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Here was Keyshawn's reaction to Watson's suspension. I don't like the suspension. I don't like the. I didn't like the first six games. I don't like the eleven games. 
that that doesn't sit well with me. I would have taken his ass off the field for the entire year. And $5 million, I don't know what he, I don't know what his settlement was with the, the individuals uh, in the silver suit, but that doesn't matter pertaining to this $5 million. I would have suspended him for the year. I would have Harry taking a full year's top five quarterback salary annual. What is that average? Let's just say it's $40 million without diving into all the numbers, and that's what I would have hit him with. I would have hit him with $40 million plus a full year. And then I'll see you in 2023. So I thought that that was an interesting take by Keyshawn because Keyshawn's been pretty transparent, Randy, about the fact that he knows Deshaun Watson well. And even as somebody who knows Deshaun Watson, he felt like, hey, he should have gotten an entire year suspension. Now, we do know that's what the NFL wanted and that what that's what the NFL was seeking. But when you're talking about settlement negotiations, obviously there's going to be a push and a pull, and they ended up somewhere around 11 games, I would imagine. Watson's camp was saying, hey, we're at six because of Sue L. Robinson. NFL saying we're at 17. They end up yeah. somewhere around 11 and $5 million. Yeah, you know, we said yesterday that, you know, the best settlements are the ones where neither side feels like it won. You know, both sides walk away from the table a little frustrated, a little angry, and I think we got that with this. Um, the more I think about it, I've had about, you know, we've had 24 hours since we were on the show yesterday that, you know, sort of dove into this as the news was coming in. Um, I can't help but feel like last year almost amounted, and I don't agree with it. I want to preface it by saying that, but last year almost amounted to time served for Deshaun Watson. The, the fact that he did not play at all last season, I think the NFL's push to have them not play this season, uh, the counter argument had to be, listen, he's already sat out a year, and it was not at the NFL's behest. It wasn't at the NFL's uh, imposition of any punishment whatsoever. It was whatsoever. at Watson's behest. It was at, well, it, it, it was. Uh, given what we know now, though, in, in you know about the sheer number of cases and the NFL's own investigation, know this, okay? Know this about the National Football League. Their investigation, the one that initially led to Sue Robinson's decision of, of six games for a suspension, their investigation did not just begin because Sue Robinson was named to hear the case. Like, their investigation was ongoing. I have to believe that there was some level of investigation last season when these accusations came out. So for the for Watson to have sat out, yeah, at his behest, I, I have to believe there was something, some element of the National Football League being like, we can't run him out there right now. Yeah, he's upset with the team. Yes, he wants to trade. But we can't run him out on the football field because we are – getting the same reports that everyone else is getting, and we have an ability through our own back channels, our own investigative arms, to learn more about this. So I, all that having been said, the idea that he's out 11 games, there are people who are going to point to last season and say, no, 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 it's really 28 games when you take the 17 from last year. They need to be reminded of what you just said, Amber, that a lot of that was of his own choosing, and they need to be reminded as well that we're talking about a guy who you know, has been accused by 24 different women, that the accusations have been validated by the National Football League, and here he is going to run back out there and made-for-TV event against his old team. So, um, yeah. 25 women, by the way. 25 women? We always women? say 24. There was I, 25 yeah. pending civil actions at one, at one point. The reason we always forget about the 25th was that one of the women had dropped their cases okay. almost immediately because she didn't, want to reve- she didn't want to reveal her identity, which ended up being a requirement of yes. the judge in the pending actions. So there was one woman who never wanted her identity to be revealed. She immediately dropped her case because of that, because she wanted to protect her own privacy. The allegations still did exist. So there was 25 women, yeah. potentially up to 30 because we 
we know that the Houston Texans settled with 30 women. Mm -hmm. Um, So either way, anyway, you cut it. Obviously, dozens of of accusers uh, is what it boils down to. I understand the point about last season. The initial decision to sit out, though, had nothing to do with any of the allegations against Deshaun Watson. It was because he wanted to force his way out of Houston. Don't forget that he was forcing his way out of Houston long before any of these accusations. He didn't want to play for the Houston Texans. He didn't like how he was being utilized there. He didn't like the state of the Houston Texans. None of that had anything to do with the accusations against him. Now, those accusations were pending last year. Like you said, all of that came to light last year. It certainly affected the trade market for Deshaun Watson, and that all became part of the conversation. And the NFL investigation did stem back to, hey, now there's these allegations. Now we start investigating, and that investigation did go on during a portion of the season last season. But that wasn't the initial reason that he sat out. That's why I don't like throwing last season into the conversation. Also, he was never placed on the commissioner's exempt list. Right. So he got paid every dollar for last season. Right. We can question Roger Goodell about that. It was a curious decision, but the reason he didn't have to put him on the commissioner's exempt list mm-hmm. during a pending NFL investigation was because Deshaun Watson had already made the decision not to play football. So the decision essentially was already made for Roger Goodell. This ends up being the biggest suspension ever imposed under the personal conduct policy in NFL history. It's the biggest fine ever ever imposed on an individual player. Um, I mean, five times fold and even more so because no player had ever even been fined a million bucks at any given instant before uh, and for a violation of the personal conduct policy. So these end up being actually historic. Now we could have a different conversation about whether that's a good thing that's historic. You know, maybe 11 games shouldn't be so historic for a violation of the personal conduct policy that's sexual in nature. Maybe that shouldn't be historic. Maybe that should be a minimum year suspension. You know, we could have those conversations. Maybe 5 million bucks shouldn't be at all historic when you're talking about these players now making $230 million and we know where the salary cap continues to go in that sport. But the reality is this has been historic in nature. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Coming up next, Tom Brady hasn't been at a at Bucks camp since August 11th. We might have cracked the code as to why, <laughs> or at least Reddit thinks so. We will get back into that. This is Canty and Carlin at ESPN Radio. There's a lot of speculation about what's going on with Tom Brady, why he's not with the Tampa Bay Bucks right now. And that speculation just got very, very interesting. Thanks to Reddit. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. You can always give us a call. Triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. So we knew that Tom Brady was not with the Tampa Bay Bucks right now in training camp or in the preseason because of personal reasons. And that's very vague. And obviously none of us have any idea what that means. Well, then we heard from Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles. He was very noncommittal about when Tom Brady is going to make his return. Here was Bowles. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. I'm not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said sometime after Tennessee, there's no definitive date for me, but we'll check on it and we'll keep in touch and we'll find out. I guess we'll find out at some point here, Randy. I don't know if he's going to be back before their next preseason game against the Colts. Who knows if he's going to be back by, I mean, I assume by week one, but I I guess he could not be. It seems like there's something going on with Tom Brady. I will tell you, I went to the Bucs preseason game against the Miami Dolphins in Tampa, and there were fans all over the stadium that I was hearing as I was walking through the stadium talking about what's going on with Brady. Where's Brady? And I'm thinking, why do you guys care where Brady is right now? He's 45 years 
years old. Like let the <laughs> like let the man live. He's he's gonna come back. He's still gonna be the greatest thing you've ever seen. We all know how this works with Tom Brady. We're hoping that personal reasons means nothing bad. Okay, at all. Yeah. Maybe in fact. It means something really good, Randy. I was going to say the greatest thing you've ever seen. That's a good transition here. That is a good transition because uh, according to Reddit, uh, somebody (laughs) has thrown out the idea that actually what could be happening here is nothing at all bad. Personal reasons could just mean that Tom Brady is actually filming right now for The Masked Singer, Mm -hmm. which would explain... Why the Bucks are being so non-committal about why he's out or about his return? Yes, because he's under a cloak of secrecy. Mm-hmm. Now let's extend the conspiracy theory a little bit further. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, it's a Fox TV show, right? He has the Fox contract for after his playing days are over. Placating to his future employer. And remember, this is a guy who was retired for 40 days. You think he just sat around for 40 days, just shoveling avocado ice cream? No. This is a guy who probably made a couple business deals, probably made some obligations, might have a contract or two that he can't get out of, including this. So I think it was, hey, Tom, we want to pay you an exorbitant amount of money to be a football commentator. And he's like, how exorbitant? And you're like, "Mm, think like bidding against ourselves exorbitant. So they paid him a ton of money, like what is it, 300 some odd million dollar contract? To, to be a commentator after his playing days. But they said, but we need, it has one of these generic catch-all clauses, that, you know, any and all duties as assigned. So maybe he gets assigned to some Fox ancillary programming like the Masked Singer, which is what Joe Buck did. Joe Buck was on that show before he came over and joined the ESPN family. So I could see this. Yeah, so you could see as part of his 10-year, $375 million contract, reportedly, uh, with Fox, that the masked singer, it was a paramount concern for Fox. So that's like in one of the clauses you have, like the masked singer clause must participate and must participate even if you're not actually retired. Yes. <laughs> you go back to, to football, which means missing training camp and missing the preseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If in fact that is what's happening here, uh, first of all, This might just be the best marketing ever by the Masked Singer because all you had to do is fire up some Reddit, put up a a post, and now we're all talking about the Masked Singer. Now we're all going to watch the Masked Singer, and then they're going to reveal the Masked Singer. It may not be Tom, but by the way, your ratings just went through the roof. So that already was smart. And maybe that was all you did. Maybe, in fact, in the contract, it doesn't actually say you participate in the Masked Singer. Maybe it says you just stay home and you make everyone question where you are, and then we'll throw out a rumor about the Masked Singer. That would also be brilliant. On the on the part of the mass singer producers, but if this is what he's doing, then uh, you know that is fun. I would imagine that the Bucks maybe wouldn't be so thrilled about it. Maybe they wouldn't be find it quite as amusing as you and I find it though. Once he's like the mask comes off quite literally, and it's like, hey, there's Tom Brady. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, but why aren't you under center over there? <laughs> okay, working. now like you're supposed to still because you're under contract. Well, but he's with like the Bucks. going through. I mean, just going through the motions right now at training camp. The man keeps himself in phenomenal shape. Like he's gonna be fine. Let's have fun with the songs that he would sing. What would he sing on The Masked Singer? Because my understanding of the show, and I don't watch a ton of it, but my understanding is you get several rounds, right? You, get, you go out there and you sing a few different songs and the judges try to guess guess who you are and the audience tries to guess who you are and whatever else. So let's. what songs would he sing, Amber? Uh, I don't know. What's the like a song that says he's the greatest of all time? What's that song? Oh, okay. Is there a song titled Goat? Like I Am Number One by Nelly? There you go. Do that. It was something from his vintage. Another nineties first Super Bowl music reference from Randy. I think Scott. that. Well, I think it was early aughts, and I think that's when he won one of his like <laughs> first three Super Bowls. Thank you so much for asking. What I think he would say. Uh, I'm going to go with "You're So Vain" by Carly Simon. Um, "Linger" by the Cranberries. 
You know, like, why can't he just retire and go away? Um, mm. I'm going to say, you know what? Remember remember how he celebrated his Super Bowl title, the boat parade in Tampa? You remember he had, didn't quite have his sea legs coming off the boat? Enjoyed himself on the boat a little too much? He did. That was fun, Tom Brady. That was, that a was. Tom Brady who might actually participate in Mass Singer. Because New England mm-hmm. Tom Brady, this conversation would never fly. No. Like, there's zero chance he'd be missing training camp for a mass singer but tampa bay tom brady that's right? a that's a zany fun tom brady it's cool dad tom brady so the, what if the song is that uh tequila song dun 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 but dun 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 that's no but it would be uh, the easy no. way out he would because all the all the words are just tequila that's it's a good it. karaoke song it's a great karaoke. what about Thank age you. ain't nothing but a number by olia yeah, that sounds problematic these days. Like, I don't know. Okay, all right. You're Tequila. right. And if we really get into that, okay. <laughs> I just was a little. You're right, though. No, you're right. Something well, you just made it age. awkward. I did not. Something, something, something with pointing, age for yeah, Tom Brady. Something pointing to age. Like, is there a song about soft foods and hard candies? Is there a song about Fresca? Do you think that, because you mentioned the avocado ice cream when he was retired. Like, do you think that if he did actually real retire there for 40 days, which <laughs> questionable with the Miami Dolphins story. But if he did yeah. actually really retire, do you think he like had a strawberry? Like he got crazy. <laughs> he was like, oh, that my playing days are over. And like, you know, fired up a oh. strawberry and bit into it and then had immediate regret. To be a fly on the wall for a Tom Brady retirement cheat day. Like what does he get after? Like he eats, he eats Tequila. a tomato. Tequila, yeah. Like, But like, with, you know, not like reposado. Like he gets like the bargain basement tequila that we all drink. There we go. No, there's de- there, Tom Brady isn't doing anything bargain basement. Also, I, nobody believes that Randy Scott is drinking bargain basement <laughs> tequila. Coming up next, we're going to continue to get you set for this weekend in the NFL.